0: figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home, talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. So today we are going to talk about sex. Uh, We're going to talk about how important it is to talk to your kids about sex. Mm -hmm. And how important it is in our oversex society to help our kids and be a source of help to not just exclude them from it or say, run away, it's this terrible thing, but rather help them move through it. Uh, in wisdom in a way that's honoring to God and something that brings life to their future marriage if they so choose to get married um, and not death outside of it. So uh, are we ready to get into this conversation today? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this kind of all came about because just a few days ago, um i had and my son is going to be so mad i'm glad he doesn't listen to the podcast but in about 5 <laughs> or 6 years from now when he's interested in what we have to say he'll probably listen to this podcast and be like how could you dad but um a few days ago i had the sex talk with my son uh duke who's now 10 and you know it's funny because statistically uh they whoever they are say that you know you need to talk to your kids um especially your boys at about Uh, by age seven, if you want to be the one to tell them about sex. And that's obviously determined by a lot of different factors. One being, what are they exposed to? Who are they around? What are their influences? Um, And each kid's very different. And Elizabeth and I have been knowing that statistic, but also kind of watching Duke and his innocence, his awareness of, of culture, sexual things, all of that. And we really determined it wasn't until about now that it even seemed appropriate to share it with them. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of all arose yesterday. We were driving, I picked you and Diane, Phil, I picked you guys up from the airport and I was sharing with you, like, I, I just had the sex talk with Duke. It <laughs> happened. And then we decided to put this in a, in as an episode because, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people I'm talking to even now that are asking, like, how do you talk to your kids about sex? And you know, what's our posture and position. so what we're going to share is just our perspective and what we've chosen to do. There's lots of different ways and there's lots of better, smarter people that have written books on this stuff and you can check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I'd love to start with a story. Uh, But before I do, Phil and Diane, did you, did you guys, and I I know the answer to this question, but it's a leading question. Did you guys talk to your kids about sex? (laughs) You know, we did. I I, I do know that. Yeah.
1: And I'm really glad you're going to share your story because when you were, picked us up at the airport and you told me this. I said, you, we've got to do a podcast over this. So I, I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, yes, we did. But in my case, my parents never talked to me. Interesting. And I'm finding that most people would say the same thing. My mm-hmm. parents never said anything to me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when it comes time and they, they come to know Jesus and they want to teach their kids the beauty of sexuality within the boundary that God created it to exist. It's just a powerful mm. gift within marriage and only there. And everything outside of that is pornea. It's immorality. It's sexual sin. They want to they talk to their kids about it, but they don't have any frame of reference of how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was my case. I mean, I had the greatest parents. I, I tell Diane, I said, I had a perfect childhood and and nobody had a perfect childhood, but mine was really close. Okay? Yes. And I revered my mom. I have two brothers. We just revere my, my mother and we were, you know we weren't very good kids. We were totally selfish, but I revered my dad, (laughs) but my dad never said anything to me. And uh, and I think, uh, most men would say the sin they struggle with the most is lust. Mm -hmm. The one guy who I have one guy who told me he was a pastor said, I, I know most men struggle with lust, but I, I just don't have that problem. A week later, he had an affair with a gal. (laughs) So, um,
0: Oh, some people have
1: called it every man's battle. And so of course, uh, I I wanted to talk to my kids. My dad didn't say anything to me. I revered my father and I think if he had sat down with me hmm. and talked to me about it, probably I mean you never know. I probably would have listened. Wow. Uh and but he didn't and this was, you know, a scenario I got involved in before I came to the Lord and even as a brand new believer before I was really walking with the Lord. So it was really important to me to talk to our kids. So And, you know, this, first of all, there's, this should be an ongoing conversation. Uh, And, you know, Deuteronomy six, you you talk to your kids about God's commands. When you rise up, when you sleep, whenever it comes up and believe me, it's going to come up. I was listening to another talk show. I'm going on a little long here, but the other day, and it was uh, a guy in the talk show quoted a verse I memorize as a newer believer. It's in, it's in the book of Job where Job says, I've made a covenant with my eyes how then could i gaze at a maiden or a virgin so i i, I remember memorizing that verse well the guy that was on the radio said well the maidens back then would have been inside a house fully clothed he said nowadays girls are parading around you know half clothed and uh sexual Images are Mm. everywhere. And so it's more important than ever before for us to talk to our kids about purity and navigating it. So um, I think definitely should be an ongoing conversation whenever you're watching it. We're watching a movie. Something comes on, click. We stop it. We're fast-forwarding it. But why are we fast-forwarding it? And then we have to ask Mm -hmm. ourselves, should we even be watching the movie? Yeah, But if we're going to, so we're teaching. Uh, So, But we Diane and I decided she had a one-time talk with our daughters and I had a one-time talk with our sons. I have two. And I did it kind of around, maybe around 8... Or nine, you, like yeah, yeah. I love well, what so, you said.
2: So I remember the initial story about why you talked to our firstborn, whose name I won't mention. <laughs> yeah, don't mention his name.
0: Just say that he's your he firstborn. You the first he born, liked, John Mark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was
2: eight years old, and he went out with a friend, and the friend asked him if he knew about sex yet, and he s- responded with, "Oh yeah, it's like when people go down to the beach and start kissing and stuff." <laughs> so it was clear we needed to give a little bit further instruction that was the initial there's like a couple of different stages i don't remember
1: that but i i took him away in this overnight camping thing yep you know and i and i gave it my best shot <laughs> and, uh, and uh, it was awkward but i did it you know yes and, and he was uh, so
2: proud of himself I was so proud of myself
1: it. and uh and then uh years later of course we had matthew he was our fourth and he's you know we waited six years and Diane said, I want a fourth, you know. And so he was like the child of my older age. Uh, but when I took him, we went for a walk on the beach, you know, and and I talked to him. And at one point he said, okay, dad, I've heard enough. And uh, <laughs> years later, one of the two said, you know, dad, you did it all wrong. You know, you just did it too early. And, you, and, you know, I won't say which one that was except his name is John Mark. And, <laughs> and the other one was And he great. said he was
3: traumatized. He was traumatized.
1: And I said, at least I did it. Yeah. <laughs> My dad said nothing to me. Yeah. And now you've got a couple of boys. So I, we, we joked, yes. joked about it. But so one yeah. I would say it went awful, but I did it. The other one was grateful. Yeah. But I still I say, you know, there is, it, it may be awkward for us to talk about because it's such a beautiful, intimate thing, but it's so, so important, it's important. that we do it. We have to yes. help our kids uh, guard their purity. And and we have yes. to fight for them and work with them and talk to them and all that. I don't know, babe, what would you add?
2: I just agree. We didn't have any role models really. Um, my mom, I'm so thankful for, was it felt like when I became a teenager was just talking about sex all the time to me. It was a natural <laughs> part of conversation. Oh. And for I was kind of determinedly Naive. I feel like because of that, her making it so normal and natural, it protected me Hmm. um, in a way that I wasn't yet prepared to protect myself. Mm. So I will always be grateful to my mom for just giving me this ideal of, you know, I remember her saying to me, it's no good in the backseat of a car.
0: Wow. And she
2: said, it's with so much conviction that I knew she'd had a backseat of a car. And it just stuck with me. In fact, so much so that I went to a prom with a good guy from church. And he asked me to get, was urging me to get in the backseat of the car. Oh, my goodness. What was his <laughs> name? Yeah, we'll, we'll find, we'll find him, Phil. I let's I, go know, I think I know this guy. <laughs> and I said, absolutely not. Wow. And it was my mom. She, That's that one amazing. phrase stuck with me. And I feel like it protected me from my own naivety. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know that I did it so great with my daughters. Now there are like whole curriculums. People go away for Mm -hmm. a weekend and take advantage of those. I fumbled my way, and I'd love to hear... At some point, <laughs> what Elizabeth actually heard. Yeah, uh, in this
0: episode, we'll get to that. I yeah, think we should yes. we should maybe save that for the end of. How, from Elizabeth's perspective, how good was that talk? Um, oh man, you're going to really build this up, I'm, aren't you? I'm absolutely building. it. I think. Well, I want to throw
1: it back to you because yeah. I said this needs to be a
0: podcast. I want I want you to share uh, yeah. your yeah. story. Can what, I just say
3: that I'm to. glad that our son is the oldest and you had to do this first? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know I, um, so. You know, I have wonderful parents as well, but they, you know, as similar, uh, the, the similar story to you, Phil, that, you know, it just wasn't something, you know, their parents didn't talk to them. And I think generationally for a lot of generations, this has been something that's not been talked about, but I think the enemy works in the dark, the enemy works in the spaces where we're not open and transparent and honest and out in the open, there's light and truth and freedom. And the enemy knows that keeping this something that is confusing or not talked about or um, not normalized Is there's power in that, and so I, uh, you know, our hope to even share this is not to give another opinion on the topic of how to talk to your kids about sex, but to say talk to your kids about sex because there's power, and there's you know, sex is beautiful. And
3: no, I I remember, babe, as we were, you were kind of gearing up to talk to Duke, and you said how you felt growing up, growing up in the church, and all you really knew because it wasn't a you know normal just household conversation. All you knew was that it was bad. Unless you were married. Yeah. And so you just felt, you know, as a boy growing up and not having anybody to really talk to about it, you just felt a bunch of shame and confusion.
0: Absolutely. And there yeah. wasn't
3: like freedom or even a healthy understanding of it. There was just a lot of shame. And well, so I think the enemy uses that silence to create all this darkness and shame around it that was never God's no. original intent.
0: And I think with the pornographic culture we live in, with... Uh, devices everywhere, all over the place, all the time, uh, you know, I'm, my story is not uncommon to so many little boys who their friend finds pornography. I was over at a friend's house and this was in, it would have had to have been 1995 or 96. So the internet was barely, you know, alive. And I remember him being like, come over. And I look at the end, you know, he's showing me these images and I'm seeing these people that don't have clothes and they're doing things I've never seen before. But in my mind, I had no place to, I, I didn't know what that was and I didn't know, why it was. And I knew I was like, well, I, I understand to an extent, but I, I didn't know until many years later what all that meant. And I think my, you know, that story is very similar to, um, so many people even listening that you're exposed to something or, or, you know, there's abuse, uh, which is obviously so terrible. Uh, but we still, no matter what, you know, I think having that conversation with our kids is important. So we decided Elizabeth and I, we're going to talk to our kids about this, obviously. And I, I don't think you can be an intentional parent and not talk to your kids about sex. It is a massive part of their life. And we have to teach our kids how to move through this world with wisdom, um, and how to have integrity, but also, to know where they can come when they fail, if they fail, when they fail. Because I mean, our kids, we all fail. We all have these moments. And so uh, we decided to do it. And I was similar to you, Phil. I was like, I'm going to plan this overnight thing. We're going to do a camping (laughs) trip. And it kept getting away from us and away from us. So I was like, okay, we're going to go to the river for the afternoon. And so uh, this past week I took Duke and we we stopped at a froyo place and we got some make your own frozen yogurt. And you know, I was just watching the little boy put M&Ms on his froyo, <laughs> just like I'm about to ruin your innocence. Like, <laughs> like you have no idea what's about to come as he pours hot fudge on his own. Like, oh gosh, son, I'm so sorry. So we go to the river and uh, you know, a couple years ago, uh, something that happened, I think, by the spirit and instinctually is Duke was asking about what the different swear words were. And I had this moment, we were driving to a movie together and I was like, son, you know, we, you, you, we can talk about what these swear words are because he had heard some of his friends say stuff. And so basically we had a conversation and I went through what the swear words were, what they meant. So he's hearing me say these words and I'm saying them not to be crass or anything like that. But as I was mentioning them, I was saying, these are what these words are and, and you don't have to be afraid of them. You but- said,
3: I trust you. To know this information and to use it wisely.
0: Yeah, and I said, if you think one of these words, or if you said one of these words, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to come down on you and be super angry. But I trust your integrity, and you're a man that's intelligent, and you don't need to use this kind of language because this language is more for being crass or kind of negative, and that's just not who you are. And and honestly, he received that and took that and ran with it. And so I sat him down. We 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 get some froyo. We go by the river, and we're sitting down on this bench. And so I just asked him, I said, son, you know, have you ever heard of sex? Do you know what sex is? And he says, he goes, I mean, kind of, I know like what sexy is. And, or, and I was like, what is it? He's like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so you don't know. That's good. Uh, and I was thankful to be the one to tell him. And, uh, and so we're sitting down on the bench and we're having a conversation and I said, well, have you ever thought about how babies were made? (laughs) And he said, I mean, yeah, they're in the mom's tummy and then they come out. And I was like, have you ever thought about how they get there <laughs> you know and he's like and it's, you could just see his eyes open like i never thought of that dynamic how do they get there so we just sat down and and i'm going to go through a couple of the details only because i want to be helpful uh, and i think that a lot of parents a lot of questions I get are like, How do you talk to your kids about sex? And so uh what we did and and some of the encouragement I got and you know, that son John Mark that you have (laughs) that uh that said it was so awkward, he's done a great job with his boys. He has two older boys and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've chatted with him and others Um, about like, what's some of the, some of the ways that we can talk to our boys, especially as, as a father from my position, how do I talk to my son about sex? And so, um, so what we did was he sat down and we just started with a theology of sex. We started at the beginning, like God made this thing sex and it was beautiful. Started at the beginning. And really my hope was to give a vision of sex and, and help him see that sex is beautiful inside of marriage and outside of marriage it can be destructive and it's something for a man and a woman and so i start telling him you know the theology of it that sex is good but it's powerful i started letting him know that this is for people that are that are married and that's how god designed it and we see fruit in life that's why that's how babies come from it but when there you know when it's outside of marriage it's actually destructive and it can cause a lot of hurt and a lot of pain a lot of sorrow and so that's god's original in intent. And so we moved from kind of a theology of sex and saying, Hey, God made it. It was good. It was powerful, powerful, but here's the parameters to the nuts and bolts, you know, just like, Hey, you have these private parts. A woman has these private parts. When you put them together, bada bing, bada bang, there's a baby, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously I used actual language um, of, of private parts, because, uh, you, in this podcast, you don't need me to go through all of them. But the point being that, you know, I gave him the details of sex. And so, you know, when I told him, he, his eyes got even bigger and he was <laughs> kind of like, Whoa, like what, you know, kind of like, uh, what? And so he said, he looked at me and goes, y- you and mom, you and mom did that? And I was like, y- yeah, cause you guys have done that once. And I said, yeah, yes. Well, I said, actually, son, how many kids do we have? And he goes, Four. You guys have done that four times? <laughs> you know, he's dead serious. Classic and then, I, and then because I appreciate integrity and honesty, I looked at him I said, son, we've done a lot more than that. <laughs> but I just need you to know this is how it works. And, you know, and, and just, I, I let him know the reproductive process and um, you know how babies are made, but then also that God made it and it's good. And I know that right now you're not thinking this is like a fun, good thing, but there's going to be a time when you all of a sudden, you know, think of this and it's a it's a good thing. And so I went through a theology of sex, what sex was, and then I really went through, you know, how how uh, God designed sex to be something that is a gift in marriage. And, you know, really how to talk about it and to let him know a few things about it. One, that I am always on his team. Like when it comes to the topic of sex, if you have any questions, you can ask me anything at any time. I'm an open book. You can ask me anything about anything you hear or see. And just letting him like be comfortable in that space. And then one thing that we decided, and I know this might not be for everybody, but something that we really felt... Important to open up vulnerability, and John Mark was actually the one that said this, which I loved and I absolutely took it uh, and and applied it to our life. Was when it comes to the topic of sex and uh, sexual sin specifically, you know, if you looked at pornography or you you God forbid, you know, you you had a girlfriend, you slept with your girlfriend. I'm not going to discipline you around that topic. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to walk with you through this process, but this isn't punishment or discipline. This is about like your soul. This is about your life. And this is about something that you, you need to know that I'm in this with you to walk with you through this. And so he can ask anything at any time. And so uh, after that, I said, do you have any questions? You know, do you, do you want to know anything specifically? And he's like, no, (laughs) like there's, there was people coming on this trail and he's like, nope, that's, that sounds good. Dad." You know, and so I let him know that this is an ongoing conversation and I didn't go outside. I didn't mention pornography. I didn't mention a few things, but that's primarily because of his age. And, uh, the main thing I think in Phil, you said this, and I, I want to reiterate this, that this is the beginning for us. This was like this step is just one, step one. This yeah. was step one. And this is opening the door to having an ongoing, comfortable conversation, knowing that he can come to dad. About this stuff. If he feels comfortable going to mom, I don't think he will. But you know, if he does, he can. And I remember after this, we go. Okay, so we go and swim in the river. We jump in some rapids. We swim for a couple hours. And afterwards, we get out of the river and we're we're dripping wet. It's really cold. And we find these rocks and these rocks have been sitting in the sun. And so we lay on these really warm rocks and we're just laying there in the sun and looking up at the sky. And I, I looked at him and I said, "Son, this is." Gonna be a day. I promise that you'll never remember. You know, and you can always remember this day as Froyo, the sex talk, and and the river. It was a great day. And he and he just kind of quietly goes. I think I'm gonna remember it as Froyo and the river. <laughs> 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 and then we went about our day. And when we were on our way home, we almost got home. And I said, Hey, son. Now when we get in the house, mom's probably gonna ask you like, how'd it go? And you know, you just need to be honest with her. And and he goes, Okay. And and then I said, or you could say something along the lines of when she asks you how it went, you can look at her and go, Mom, how could you? <laughs> so <laughs> so he gets into the house and he's just like, he's like, Yeah, yeah, I wanna I wanna mess with mom, I wanna mess with her. So gets in the house and she what happened? Yeah, I mean you Oh, he told
3: me. me all about the rapids and how much fun you guys had, and then he just leans over the counter, just dead serious. Mom, how could you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my my hope there, you know, I, that's a little jest and for some people might be like, oh my gosh, you can't joke about that. But actually for us, uh, we were comfortable with that because I want to bring a normal C. I want to yeah. bring some, uh, this is a normal thing to talk about. It's okay to have some, you know, conversation around this appropriate, obviously. And then when it came to his siblings, if, the, if you're talking to your oldest one, one thing I did tell Duke was, you know, this is not information for you to share with your siblings yet. You have Little sisters, three of them, they don't want to know this yet and they won't fully understand. And I just gave them the rule of thumb like, unless you're engaged in the activity, don't talk about it. You know, so you're not married. This isn't happening in your life. If your cousin Moses asks you, you know, did your parents have the sex talk? You can tell them, yeah. You know, you don't have to be scared to share it with them, but you know, it's not something we go around and share with other people. You know, the topic of Santa Claus comes up sometimes and some people tell their kids Santa Claus is real and some people don't. And, and we've told our kids, if you don't believe in Santa Claus, it's not your job to (laughs) go up to (laughs) some kids and say, Hey, did you know he's not real? And then ruin their situation or experience. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how, that's kind of what we did. And we found it to be really, uh, it was, it was good. It was a really fun, fun day. Good Yeah, and, you
3: know, I didn't know how he would respond to me after that. I didn't know if he would want to look at me or be anywhere <laughs> near me or feel awkward. Um, and so I just asked him when they got home, like, "Hey, you doing okay? Do you have any questions?" Ask him later in that day, and he goes, "No, no, I'm I'm good." And he seemed comfortable. And then the next morning, I checked in with him again. And just said, hey, how how you feeling after yesterday? Do you have any questions? He got kind of like an awkward smile on his face. And I just said, buddy, I know it's kind of awkward and it's new information. But just know you can always talk to me. I know dad told you that. But same goes for me. You can always talk to me. So if you have any questions, just let me know. And he goes, okay. He goes, actually, I do have a question. He said, I know what sex means. Dad told me. But I don't know what sexy means. And so I just walked him through. He'd heard it, you know, in music or whatever. Mm -hmm. He'd heard the word but didn't know what it meant. So I explained it to him. And we had the most just normal conversation. And it felt so comfortable. And that just made me really excited for just the ongoing conversation that we're going to get to Okay, so what did you explain to him? What were some of the words that you used to explain what sex is? Oh, I'm sure I fumbled my way through it. And I said, because I felt like it was actually kind of hard to explain because he's not like sexualized yet. Like he's still very innocent and says he never wants to get married because he doesn't like girls. And no, it's because he doesn't.
0: The other day he told me, I don't want a wife because I don't want to have to uh, listen to what she tells me I have to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yep. It's true. <laughs> Not Which I don't he, know where that's coming from. I don't from. know either,
0: but he, that's what he told me. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh,
3: but I just explained, I said, I said, well, it can be used in a lot of different ways. I said we say it sometimes when he said when someone's dressed inappropriately and I said yeah sometimes if if a woman is dressed kind of inappropriately and I said you don't you haven't experienced this yet but where you might see that and you might feel things in your body and you might feel like you have a physical response to that you might say that she's sexy and and explained like in the context of marriage where you might have the desire to have sex with your wife And just, I mean, I just fumbled my way through it. But I was like, I'm just going to be really honest. We're just going to keep things really honest. I said, and sometimes, honestly, in our culture, we just say it to say somebody's pretty. Mm -hmm. And we just use it kind of in lots of different terms. And he goes, okay, I understand what that means. And went on and played Legos. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was, that was a.
3: But mom, I'd be curious to hear from you. So after Brooke talking to Duke, and now we have three daughters. So it's going to be my turn three times over. (laughs) Um, and Scarlett I feel like it might be a little sooner than 10 Mm -hmm. she um, thinks all boys are cute Mm -hmm. and is free to talk about it my
0: favorite (laughs) phrase we were trying to pick out a movie it was at your house actually Phil and Diane we were at your house and it was Sunday her cousin Mark's daughter and um, Duke and yeah Scarlett Duke and Sunday they were all talking and Duke's like can we watch a movie I want some action I want to watch an action (laughs) movie because he's a boy and he wants action and then uh, and then the girls were like, No, something like sweet and romantic, you know, just something sweet. And and Duke says, No, none of that kissing stuff. That's just like, oh no, no kissing. And Scarlett goes, Why not? Kissing's beautiful. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll start praying for you two right <laughs> oh, now. My oh my god. She was just gosh. like enamored. She's like, It's beautiful when they kiss. I was like, Oh my goodness, what's happening? <laughs>
3: So, you know, I I know that the conversations with her will probably be a little more emotional like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily wired that way. Like I'm going to have – want to just give facts and yeah. have more of a factual conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I know with my girls, it's going to be different and all mm-hmm. three of them are probably going to be different. And I feel like it's maybe a little less straightforward yeah. than it is with boys. Um, and it may be – you know, I remember t- I talked to Tammy a couple of weeks ago. She had talked to their daughter about it and her approach was, was really different and it was good. Everything she had to say was so good. But I'd be curious, like, <laughs> give me your pointers. Give me your tips. Yeah. How do I talk to my girls yeah. about this? And is there, like, should it be the dads talking to the sons and the moms talking to the daughters or can it be either way or maybe – Maybe to the parents listening, who maybe a mom's listening and her husband's like, "Nope, I don't want to do that. That feels way too awkward." Yeah, yeah. and the mom, the mom needs to do it, it. Yeah. or vice versa. Or the like, dad can needs you? To do I know that's it, yeah. a lot thrown at you, but anything yeah. that that yeah, yeah. That I comes do think mind? ideally
2: the father should be talking to his son because he grasps what his son is, how his son is going to respond differently than mm-hmm. his mom can. Mm-hmm. So in, especially initially. But even ongoing to be able to keep that conversation going Brooke I love the way that your emphasis is on normalizing so it becomes part of conversation mm-hmm. I think that's best but that doesn't mean that a mom can't step in sure. and do an yeah. amazingly tasteful yeah. job get some get some insight from somebody close yeah. to you about how mm-hmm. to approach that um, for me I think the main thing that I wanted was number one I wanted to do as good of a job as my mom had done in yeah. setting me up to to have the freedom of sexuality that is that we are heirs to as daughters of Christ and and because mom had been hurt in some ways by it but she she used that to make to help me wait so mainly mm-hmm. i wanted to create an idea in your mind a vision in your mind of this is something that's awaiting you that is going to be the one of the best things in your life for the rest of your life yeah um I don't even remember the initial conversation. I think I gave it to you not so much in the sex talk, as beginning to talk more and more
3: about our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you remember, and no, it to I a was going to say I don't remember like the talk. Yeah, I remember an ongoing conversation. Yes,
2: so yeah. that's what we, you know, and then as you were able to listen to more, giving a little bit more detail, it didn't hurt at all that we had Matthew several years. After the other kids, so you were almost seven when Matthew was born. Mm-hmm. So that was really natural conversation, yeah, um, about how did babies get born? Because unlike Duke, he did,
3: th- <laughs> she did
2: think of those, and Rebecca yeah. had thought of mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. questions. Um, so I don't. I think the the more detail you can give, I mean, giving some detail that is appropriate to the age. Mm-hmm. The main thing that I think is important is important was that initial sex talk is the before marriage and the reason for purity. Mm. Um, yeah, that we tried to. I tried to take it away from sex before marriage is bad mm-hmm. into sex. Bef- sex is worth waiting for. Yeah, that because I kept hearing stories of women my age who had not entered marriage with their purity intact. They weren't virgins when they were married and how even if they were engaged to that man, there was almost a sense of being victimized even if they had initiated it. And um, I saw the damage done in some of those young women by engaging in premarital sex. And the damage came to their freedom, their sexual freedom in marriage mm-hmm. and their ability to just experience all that God wanted for them. So I wanted to create an anticipation for sex in you and, the, and respect for your own self enough. I'm willing to save up and wait to get the best, the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that began to concern me was that Phil, as a pastor, marries couples all the time, performs the wedding ceremony. And in the last counseling session, we would always ask, Phil's in his blunt way, always ask if they were being sexually involved with each other. And um, (laughs) I was just going to choke on the question. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, that is so personal. Um, But I began to ask, has anybody talked to you about your wedding night? Never one time did anybody answer yes yeah. or if they did it was a friend or friend of a friend or a sister but i began to see that moms are in this unique position mm-hmm. and we cannot allow somebody else to take that we we cannot entrust that to somebody else so i did before you were married and i knew that you were had kept yourself pure and it, you were anticipating your your wedding and your honeymoon i that's when we talked in greater detail about mm-hmm. how it would be for a woman the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, I
0: remember if I can jump in family story, uh, this is a fun one. Uh, what you just said is so powerful and awkward, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody, like mm-hmm. has anyone talked to you about your wedding night? Yes. And I remember you guys, you guys talked to <laughs> and child, and you told us and they warned us. They said, listen, mom and dad are going <laughs> to sit down with you and they're going to tell you they're they're gonna they are they are going to because they care, you know, they care. They're gonna talk to you about they're gonna talk to you about sex, they're gonna talk to you about the wedding night. And it was either the night before or two nights before we had gotten married, you guys set up this meeting. Mm-hmm. John Mark
1: John Mark told you it was <laughs> oh, coming. You, oh, I've yes. never heard this
0: before. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> okay, ben, let me correct his story. They sat down with us and we had already talked to John Mark tammy needed to hear so Jamark asked us to talk to tammy about oh and my i gosh, that's on the right. spot started to die inside this is my future daughter-in-law <laughs> and, you get to like- and my son didn't want to leave the room i asked him if we could talk alone and he said no so my son <laughs> is listening to me tell his almost wife all these about details. the first time uh, yeah and I mean, you can't not use yourself as an example. I only know myself. Oh, my gosh. But here's how full 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 circle that is, though.
3: (laughs) So we got back from our honeymoon, and I had all sorts of questions. And I felt kind of too awkward to talk to you. It just felt not that I knew that door was open. But I went and talked to Tammy. Good. And she was so helpful. Good. <laughs> like you want to so- hear how
0: more full circle this is? Matthew's on his honeymoon. Yes. And he Called me yes. on his honeymoon.
3: Calls
2: Brooke. Yes. Is
3: yeah. So cool. Yeah.
2: So was- I love that. But I also remember that we told you on your honeymoon, do not call us. Yeah. Don't check in with us. Yeah. But if unless you have a problem. Yeah. Otherwise, this is your only time in your life where nobody gets to interfere. So we were on a walk, and our cell phone rings, and it's. Elizabeth. I think it was Elizabeth. And you actually were on the other line. It was her phone. (laughs) And I saw, I thought, Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. So, and you called us to say it's great. We're having a great time.
0: <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. We don't need daughter. any details. Goodbye. <laughs> no, <laughs> you yeah. know what's so funny about that though is I remember, you know, what we're talking about to share Elizabeth asked the question, how do I share with my daughters? Which I think you're you're answering and we're gonna go into a little more detail, but and I don't mean to derail, but that was actually, you know, the, the full circle of you guys still were invested in your daughter's sexuality up until, you know, she was married to the point when we were 21, when we got married, we're sitting down as two kids and you're and you're helping us explain like, and it was honestly, although, you know, you kind of move through the awkwardness, it was also so appreciated. And the reason was, uh, and the reason specifically for me, and I, I won't speak for you, honey, but uh, it was helpful because it set proper expectation. It's like, don't be surprised by the different nuances that happen. Don't be surprised um, by these different, you know, different details. And it was such a gift, although awkward, it was such a gift because we weren't surprised stepping into the space of marriage. And it came from a place of wanting us to have a healthy sex life, having a healthy, which is important. It's a very important part of a healthy marriage and a healthy family. And so you know, that investment was really encouraging. And I think if, if you are a parent listening, you have adult children and they're about to get married, you know, I, I encourage you step into the awkward, you know, try to, try to establish some of those conversations to let them know, because I think it can be really helpful, um, in a really healthy place. And so
1: Yeah. You know, um, I, I, have forgotten about that, but it, it is so good that we sat down and talked to you. And I think ideally if the parents can do it, that's, that's, that's who should be doing it. But, uh, I remember, how did we even know how to approach it? And I just, I remember when we were engaged, we were given a gift from an older pastor on staff with us at a church in California. Counseling pastor. He was a counseling pastor, and he'd been on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. And what is now the Family Life Conference was once the Engaged Couples Conference, because so many Campus Crusade uh, young staff people were pretty much just out of college, and they were meeting each other and getting married. And so we gotta, we've got we got to give them some marriage counseling. And that's where it started. And so we got given the gift to go to the Campus Crusade Engaged Couples Conference. And we're sitting next to these people that brought us. They went with us. And I remember one whole session was on the wedding night. I and mean, it was, it was a tubbing, man teaching it. An older man. It. He was Shantan. tender. He was crying. He was talking about candles. And I won't get into the rest of it. But specifics. And I thought, I I was so glad to hear me this too. Yeah. as a guy who had messed up. And my dad, of course, said nothing to me because his dad probably said nothing to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he didn't probably didn't occur to him to talk to me. And this so, man
2: had the courage to give us details, writing down lists of things to bring and expectations. Yes. And we were so grateful. And then this couple who gave us the gift talked to us about it on the drive back because it was from Oakland to San Jose and they spoke to us there too. So they were investing us in the same way that we yeah. then wanted to invest in the
1: And then years later these these weddings we were doing when we found out that no one had talked to them, it it we beca- we said well we've got to do it. So here we are talking to couples we don't necessarily know that well, but we're going to do their wedding ceremony and we did. We talked to them, but we were act- actually doing what a job that their parents had abdicated yeah. to someone else. Yeah. And so I do think it's best if it's mom or dad. Anyway, I was just listening to all this. Uh I think it I think it's a combination of it's a long conversation, a combination of talking about the beauty of sexuality and why you want to wait. But as a guy with my sons, I mean, I I I would go to proverbs and the warn there's also the warnings. There's the fear of God and and you do, you don't want to go there and i think it's a it's a combination of both you're talking about the beauty of why you should wait at the same time it's if if you don't there's destruction there's mm-hmm. and so you know i i think it's it's both as you're raising your kids so they need to know and i want and well i want to kind of
0: make sure we we don't cuz we talk so much specifically about how to talk to your sons is is there any, you know, Elizabeth, what do you remember? And per that question that started at the beginning of this episode, what do you remember <laughs> yes, from no. the, the talk? Yes. The- and
2: the funny thing is, last night at <clears throat> dinner we talked about whether we were gonna talk about this. And I told Elizabeth not to tell me yet her
3: impression.
2: <laughs> so and they've been is- laughing so hard that I'm like nervous to hear. Oh, a now it's like to say I've got to have
3: some great thing to say. No, all, all he's referring to is I think it's so funny how. We're all wired so differently. And some, some, you know, you can have John Mark say, it ruined my life. It was traumatic. You know, who now is doing a great job with his boys. And then Matthew, who I'm sure you said really similar things. And he's like, it was a great day. It was totally fine. They're two very different personalities. We've got an Enneagram 1 and an Enneagram 7. They're very different. So I think you were the same with all of us. And yet I feel like I had a hard time Relating and connecting to how you would talk about it because you spoke about it as uh, in a w- what was very normal to you and it was emotional and it was wonderful and it was um, just dreamy and you just spoke with all this heart and gushed about it <laughs> and as uh, how how I'm wired and that, and now I look back and I think that's amazing that's, that's a like a great
0: way to do it yeah. that's a
3: great way to do it but here's the deal on the honeymoon I thought I almost wish.
2: I, I'm almost glad I didn't know how great sex was because it would have been harder for me to stay pure up into my wedding. <laughs> yeah, and So I think I couldn't help it. Yes. Yeah. And I love that.
3: that. I absolutely love that. At the time though, I think because of how I'm Wired. It was. I was more like, oh, I don't. I don't want to talk about this. I can't talk about this. It didn't like make me. I want to know more. Made me like, okay, all right, that's enough. That's enough. So it was so funny when Brooke was getting ready to talk to Duke. Duke and I are really similar, so I Mm -hmm. kept coaching him on just give him the facts. Just give him the facts. Don't expect a ton of response. I'm like, son, it's Don't make it emotional. like rainbows (laughs) and unicorns. (laughs) But I I will say that even with all of that, even though it might have been like cringe a little to talk about it growing up, the fact that it was a normal topic of conversation, the fact that you were willing to talk to us even as we got older, and and I think we use the word a lot, it's awkward. Like it just is awkward. I think there's the few and far between where you have a Matthew who just nothing talking, he's never awkward. Like it's just, it's just not awkward. I think that happens occasionally, but I think more often than not, especially as as you get older, it's just awkward, but it's so worth the awkward because Mm -hmm. here here I was 21 years old having questions after my honeymoon Mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't so awkward or so never talked about that I, that I felt like I couldn't ask those questions. Yes, good. And so I think no matter how awkward it is, you're going to fumble your way through it. You're going to talk about it, how it would be helpful for you to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can't know exactly how your kids are going to receive it. Yeah. But you're even if they don't really want to talk to you about it and maybe don't talk to you when they're older, you've still laid a foundation and taken the questions and the shame and the darkness away mm-hmm. from it and built it up to the beautiful thing that God intended it to
0: be. Yes, we want to give our kids a uh, we want to send our kids into the world with a platform not a limp. And I think that the only way they're going to be able to survive in purity is by us is having their parents on their side helping them through, being trusted partners that aren't uh, you know, giving shame and handing out shame and guilt but saying, "I understand the struggle. But let's help you in the struggle. Let's be protective." You know, I think having certain things. I remember when we were dating, you know, like Obviously, there was the you can't be home alone rule, you know. I think that was a huge gift you're giving your kids at the moment. I'm like, well, it's really inconvenient to have to sit at a coffee shop and talk to you <laughs> or sit on <laughs> the
3: front porch till somebody gets home. Yeah, you
0: know, and, and it was, you know, you can easily go, well, that's a silly rule. None of my friends do that. And most of your friends are having soul destructive sex with other people and are going to pay for it for the rest of their lives in different ways. And so I think when we kind of think of it in that context, it's easy to have this conversation. You know, when you think about what happens if you don't. I think it's a really helpful thing. So we, this is, again, as a reminder, as we close, this has been our perspective. Uh, this is something that, again, there's so many good resources uh, out there. And we we really do uh, believe that this is something that, Uh, you just need to start talking to your kids about it. If you want to use the ways we suggested, please do. Um, And please feel free if you have questions or more questions about this, you can obviously ask those through Instagram or you can email us as well. We'll leave some links in, in the description of today, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed to you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know will be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing.